Hey everyone, welcome to episode 102. Tonight we're talking about Here My Send Me. So, the real question is this. What does it take to make the gospel come to life? If you are struggling with what you believe, or if you do believe, but you want to feel the truth on a deeper level, or even if you are experienced in your faith and you want to deepen your relationship with Christ even further, what steps can all of us take to not just bring the gospel to life, but to cause the gospel to bring life into us? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Brian Robbins, and welcome to Bringing the Gospel to Life. Alrighty, so, today's been a long one. Oh boy. Um, had to write a research paper and did it all today, so 15 pages in one day, and we pretty much took the whole day to do it. I think Mary's gonna be done with this master's way before I am, because... She honestly likes to hang out, and so when I have to spend a whole day doing stuff, I think it's harder on her than it is on me. Um, but with that being said, I had no other time to really do anything else, so I'm hoping tonight for this episode you guys will humor me. Um, I get to speak tomorrow in sacrament meeting, which is kind of funny just because, um, so our ward does it where we we get to meet every three weeks to do sacrament meeting um, because we're splitting the the building with other wards and so every week one ward gets a week so that we can all keep social distancing and all that jazz and then we just split in thirds and then every um hour and a half a third of the ward meets so when i got sustained three weeks ago um only a third of the ward was there to do it so now i got to do it in the other two wards or in the other two uh sessions as well so i gotta speak to next time or tomorrow and um the bishop asked me to share what i shared last time and I don't know how you guys are, like, if you prepare something too far in advance or you're trying to share something, like, way after you already shared it for the first time, like, it just just gets boring. Like, I got to move on. got to get on to a new topic that I'm feeling passionate about. And so I'm hoping tonight you wouldn't mind if I would just share what I'm thinking about sharing tomorrow because um, that's, that's what I want to do. And if I share it here, then I'll be a little more comfortable when I do it in person. So you guys get the raw, um, the raw deal here. And it'll just be like a regular episode pretty much but anyway so a story happened almost exactly about a year ago that was one of the most simple and most powerful experiences in my life I'd like to share it with you how it taught me a story um, that I I don't think I'm ever going to forget so uh, last year when it was summer um, everything was normal like people were outside playing and we didn't have COVID and all this weird stuff and so we were doing summer seminary and so uh, twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I believe, um, all the students would come around 10 or 11 and we'd do summer seminary. And then afterwards, we got this uh, soda shop down the street called Fizz to bring sodas for all the kids afterwards. So they'd come listen to a spiritual message and then get free soda. So, you know, it was a big it was a big win for them. So we got a lot of people to start coming. And one of the weeks um, I got asked to do it on a day and I just honestly... I was not in the right frame of mind to, you ever get asked to do something, you're just like, you're not feeling it spiritually, and so you, you're like, kind of drag your feet as you do it, so um, I got asked to teach one of the lessons on this one day, and I just was not excited about it, and it's kind of frustrated, I was kind of upset, I wanted someone else to do it, but I was like, okay, well, whatever, I'm just going to go in and do this anyway, and so I got assigned to the week with um, Abraham sacrificing his son Isaac, and we were trying to teach them the Old Testament because... Um, with the whole seminary switch, like a bunch of things got switched and 
we skipped the Old Testament year, so summer seminary was about the Old Testament. So I got a lesson about Abraham sacrificing his son Isaac. And you know me, I'm like looking for all these connections to Christ and all these things that I'm trying to put together to make this lesson cool. And I just couldn't really make it come together. And I could tell it was just because of my like bad attitude. Like I was not happy about being there and about doing it. And um, I was I couldn't find any lesson or any topic that was just going to be relevant to these kids and or a way to present it that I could feel passionate about, you know. And so I put it aside for a day. And I came back the next day when I knew I was in the right frame of mind to be able to hear the Spirit talk to me. And so I just decided, okay, I'm not going to try to look for the lesson before I've actually read the scriptures. Like, I'm just going to read them and try to learn for myself and try to get something out of this without trying to prepare the lesson in advance. Because I've always found when I try to prepare it before I've actually experienced something, like, it always turns out terribly. So I start reading through, um, I start reading through Genesis and um, as I'm reading, I come across this line, and I should have pulled it up in advance. I never do. don't know why I struggle with that when I'm talking here. So hang on one second. Mm-hmm. All right. There we go. So in Genesis chapter 27, um, this is when this... Um, wait. Nope. That's not when this happens. There it is. Genesis 22. Sorry. <laughs> I, jumped, I jumped too far ahead. So, okay. So, finally. Genesis 22. So, as I'm reading through this, um, I go to verse 1. And this is the first chap. This is the chapter where Abraham's going to have to sacrifice Isaac. And I start reading in verse one. And I start reading, and it says, "And it came to pass that after these things, that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mounds, which I will tell thee of." Now, I don't know if you've caught it already, maybe you did, um, if you've been practicing doing this, but um, immediately right off the bat, verses 1 and 2, I already saw it. I saw where Christ was in verses 1 and 2. I'll read it again just to give everyone a chance in case you haven't caught it yet. But And it came to pass that after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offerings upon one of the mounds, which I will tell thee of. Now, there's this connection here, right? That um, who else do you know who, when the Lord appeared and was going to ask something extremely difficult of him, his response was, Here am I. Right? Um, that's our Savior. And I thought this was kind of just a coincidence. But if you go throughout the entire Old Testament through the Pearl of Great Price, you can find so many instances of prophets and apostles having these weird moments where angels appear to them and they call that person's name and the person says, Here I am, or Here am I. 
Um, and several of these are so moving. Let's take Abraham and Isaac, for example. Like, we don't, we doubt, I know, I doubt, I doubt that Abraham was like, knew what God was going to ask of him. But as God appears to him, the first thing he says is just, here am I. And he's, and he's just ready and he's willing to do whatever the Lord asks him to do. And one of my, the one I just looked up before that I, I bobbled on was uh, Jacob. You know, the Lord appears to him and he says, here am I. And um, one of my favorite ones is, is um, in the book of Samuel, where, um, let me look it up so I make sure I get this right. Um, first Samuel 3, yeah, okay. And the Lord called Samuel, so if you know this story, there's this guy named Eli the prophet. And uh, little Samuel, he goes and he's going to kind of, he's going to kind of be the apprentice for Eli the prophet. And, um, and so when he's going to go to sleep that night, the Lord calls Samuel and he says, and Samuel wakes up and he runs to Eli and he's like, here I am for you called me. And Eli's like, I didn't call you go back to sleep. And the Lord calls him again. And Samuel stands up and he's like, Eli, I'm, I'm here. Like, here I am. And uh, Eli's like, no, I didn't call you. Like, go back to sleep. And then the, for the third time, the Lord calls Samuel and he stands up and he goes to Eli. And he says, Eli, I'm here. What do you want? And Eli is, like, can tell that it must be the Lord calling Samuel. And so he says, go back and lie down and the Lord's going to call you one more time. So he does. And the Lord calls him one more time and he says, here am I. And as I was studying this for this seminary lesson, this statement from the Savior, like, here am I, send me, it was just ringing in my head. And I went back and I looked back at all these prophetical instances and I noticed a couple things. And that thing is this, that the Lord often calls us at the weirdest and at the worst times. He calls us in the times that just make no sense and they're weird and they're inconvenient and they make us tired and they're awkward and that's when God calls on us, apparently. And if we go to Jesus Christ's example in front of the entire host of heaven, he says, whom shall I send? And Jesus has to stand up and he has to say, here am I, send me. And how awkward was that have been? Like, I don't know, like, for, for some, like, some of us kind of picture this thing in heaven where Jesus, like, stands up and he's just like, here am I, and everyone's like, woo, and like, maybe it was like that, but dang, like, have you ever had to, like, raise your hand in front of everyone and volunteer for something that you didn't want to do? It's, like, so embarrassing and it's so awkward and, like, I got to imagine there must have been some of that there, right? But if we go to Abraham, like he's about to, he's about to ask him to like kill his son. And he just is like, I'm here. Like, what do you want? Like, he knows God could ask something brutal of him, but he's just like, here am I. And Samuel in the middle of the night, like four times gets woken up. And it's so inconvenient when God calls on him. It's so inconvenient. But every single time Samuel runs to Eli, because he thinks it's Eli that's calling him. And he says, I'm here. And, um, gosh, I just, in that moment where I was having a bad attitude about teaching a seminary lesson and where I had tried to not volunteer, and now I was reading all these stories of prophets who are saying, here am I, send me. And, um, I learned something that day and I'd heard this before, but like the way it hit me then just was kind of, it was, it's impossible to describe and I can't really replicate it now, but um, I know that God calls us at times when we don't want to be called on. Okay, whether it's in the middle of the night, 
whether it's in the middle of COVID-19, whether it's when we are in the worst situation possible, whether it's where we're going through sadness or depression or we're going through a breakup or we're going through confusion or where we can't figure out what to do with our life. Like he always calls us and whether we're fighting with other people or whether we're, it would be embarrassing for him to call on us. Like that's exactly when he does it. And he, we don't have to answer. We don't. Um, but I'm glad we had an example of someone who may be in the most awkward situation of all time. Where God stands up and says, whom shall I send? And Jesus knows it's got to be him, but he probably doesn't want to brag. And he knows Satan's going to stand up and try to make it his. And it must have been a pretty awkward situation for him to have to, you know, do that to Satan. But like, I know that's when God calls us is when it's the most inconvenient time. And so I have, I've really felt that um, during this time. Like, here I am, I'm starting a master's program. We just found that um, we have a new baby on the way. And that, you know, Mary's going to have to quit her job. And um, we're going to have to just go down to one income, you know. And anyway, all these things of like, man, it's kind of inconvenient for me to get this calling right at this time, but um, I'm glad that I had that experience a year ago so that I, the moment that this calling would come, I didn't even have to think about it, and I just said, I'm here, like, send me, like, you bet, I'll absolutely do that, and I'm glad that um, God sent me a trial run so that I could have a bad attitude then, so that now when it really mattered, um, it wasn't a question and it wasn't something I had to really think about. And so I think he does that. Number one, I, I think he calls us at bad times just so he can show us how powerful he is and that he's really got us the entire way. But number two, like God has never blindsided me really. Like I've noticed throughout my life, he always like sets me up way in advance if I'm paying attention so that I go through things early so that when the real reason I need them comes, like I'm always, I've always been ready for them. And I know that he's like that. And so for anyone who's really struggling and they're like, why is he doing this to me right now? Like, I know he's setting you up for success later. And that's just what he does. And it's been such a great blessing. And I, and I know that's true. So that's my thought for the night. And I hope that's been helpful to someone. So let me know when you've, uh, had to say, here am I, send me, even though it was at an awful time, or let me know when he set you up early in advance. And uh, I'd love to hear those messages as always, and I will uh, talk to you guys tomorrow.